Hi, my name is Ryan McDonough, and you are listening to The Solar Panel, a Phoenix Sun show. My name is Tim Tompkins, Mr. Greg Esposito. Ahoy, ahoy. And of course, managing editor of Bright Side of the Sun, Dave King. The boss of everybody and everybody's boss. How's it going? <laughs> well, uh... You know, uh, uh, the Suns have now lost three straight. They're sitting two games under 500. And there was one player last night, because uh, we're recording this the day after the Mavericks game, that really, really stuck out in my mind as having a, a clear impact on the game. I don't know if you guys noticed this uh, by all the talk on Suns Twitter. Was he in a blue shirt? Uh, he was. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, he was fantastic. <laughs> he <laughs> didn't... He reminded me he of his father against the Suns in the nineties. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't Kicking realize it. So. He's uh, he's second, I, I believe. Anyway, uh, he's second in the league at made threes. Uh, he is a catch and shoot, catch and shoot three point shooter, and uh, it's nice to see him. Honestly. Uh, playing so well this can, year. Can we just say how how old it makes us feel that the sons of guys that we watched when we were younger uh, are now lighting up the league? It's it 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 makes me just reminds me that uh, I'm 36 years old today, and that sucks. So. Oh yes, yes, yes. It is. Uh, it is oh, your you poor birthday. Bitch. Hey, yeah. we we got a thumbs down. This is the first time I've ever seen a thumbs, thumbs down. down. Woo. We got a thumbs hey, down yeah, already. Call yourself out, please. Let us know who thumbed us. <laughs> Whoa, hey now. Who thumbed <laughs> us? That's, uh, Greg that needed is... a thumbing on his birthday. Thank <laughs> you very much. That's somebody hate watching. That's kind of funny, man. Um, okay, so. We love you all. Though, guys, the, the Suns have lost three games in a row. This was the first game in which we did have Wait everybody a minute. back. Damn, you buried the lead. Happy birthday to oh, you. God, please Happy sing. birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Greggy. Happy birthday to you. Oh, dear Lord. Now <laughs> now <laughs> I regret <laughs> ever being born. I regret ever being born. Thank <sighs> you guys. Can we uh, can we get to Sun's talk now? So <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh cuz I have some producer things to do. So, uh, let me throw this out to you guys so I can get this stuff done. Uh Suns have now lost three straight, like I said, sitting two games under 500. Um, and this did come on the heels of finally getting pretty much everybody back, except for, of course, DeAndre Ayton. What are your guys' thoughts right now? Well, Aaron Baines uh, still was on a minute limitation. I'm not saying that if he wasn't, that would have made the difference in the game, but uh, I think it takes a little... Uh, it takes a little while to get your chemistry back with a group. Uh, Ricky Rubio with back spasms is going to, you know, it's probably going to take him a few games to get back into the swing of things. But uh, these last three games have been uh, have been ugly compared to the way the season started, but uh, nothing like what we've experienced over the last few years. I think we've set a new standard for for this team, and it's frustrating to watch them falter uh, at certain points in a game, but they are still a much better team than we've watched uh, in recent memory. Even without Ricky Rubio, they still were. The biggest thing to me right now, and I touched upon it, I don't remember if it was last Saturday or on Wednesday's episode, is Devin Booker is lacking that killer instinct that we saw earlier in the season. The guy that took charge of... Uh, of that 76ers game and had MVP chance rain down on him has not shown up 
recently. He's deferred. He's been somewhat passive, and they need that guy that 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 has that killer instinct and is aggressive. In that Mavericks game in the fourth quarter, the wheels completely fell off on that offense, and they needed Devin Booker to uh, to kind of just kick into that mode that he was uh you know that fu mode that he had earlier in the year and we're just not seeing it right now and he's in a slump in particular over over the last three games uh and the last two i think were the were the first time he shot below 40 percent i believe this season or, or 50 i gotta go back and and look at the stat because research is not our strong point here as we've made that <laughs> made the point but it just it has not been uh the guy that we saw earlier in the season without Devin Booker being star level, this team's going to struggle. I mean, that's just the reality of it because he's the best player on the court for the Suns. And there's no, uh, that's no surprise to anybody. And if he's not playing with that, uh, with that, that killer instinct, it's going to cost him. Yeah. You know, um, Monty and the guys, they talked after the game, about losing their composure in that fourth quarter. Uh, this was a really chippy game for those uh, those who were uh, watching or at the game or anything like that. It was really, really chippy game. There was a, there were technicals being called in the second quarter. There were technicals being called in the third quarter. I think even the fourth quarter had something like that. And uh, it's the Suns who ended up losing their composure, and they self-admitted that immediately after the game. Uh, Monty said, looks like these guys need to grow up a little bit. Ricky Rubio says we all need to grow up a little bit because Rubio himself got into an unnecessary altercation in the fourth that kind of predicated that that uh, him getting his fifth foul, he had to come out. And suddenly the Mavericks went on that 21 to four run. The Suns were up 97, 96 when Ricky Rubio had that altercation in the fourth quarter with I think it was Dwight Powell. And it ended up where uh, Powell was called for the T and Rubio for the personal foul. But the thing is, that was Rubio's fifth foul, and he had to come out of the game. And suddenly the Suns' offense got um, discombobulated again. Uh, you've got Rubio with, and I'm not a big fan of single game plus minus. I'm really not. But I'm going to use it anyway. Uh, Rubio was a plus 17 in this game, and Tyler Johnson was a minus 17. Uh, Tyler I- was... Tyler Johnson uh, has an offensive rating of 101, which is, I believe, worse on the team of anybody that's getting any major minutes right now. He's having a tough time. Javon Javon Carter has uh, an offensive rating of 98. Speaks to your point, Dave, of uh, Tyler Johnson is really as well as Javon Carter lacking offensive. Look, I really like Tyler as a player, but he is is struggling lately and uh the inability of the suns to score at all during that stretch while fouling luca like crazy uh really just um really sealed that game well and if you if you look at it they've had a handful of fourth quarters in this uh in this downturn where they had the lead uh and they wound up giving up a big big run to close things out to teams i believe the lakers game was was the same way uh, with that, uh, they were up too late, uh, too midway through the fourth, and gave up a run there. It's just they. This is part of this learning curve that we knew that this roster was going to go through. There, most of these guys on this team, 
are, are still trying to figure out how to win together, uh, you know, and you're going to have these ebbs and flows and fourth quarter collapses are a sign of a team that's still trying to figure it out and, and put it together and understand uh, how things are going to work in, in the clutch. And that's why, to me, that should be Devin Booker time. That should be when when things resort back to some of what we've seen in the past where Devin takes charge of things. Yeah. That's not I saying he should shoot everything, but I just yeah. think... I think uh, you you lose. Well, he definitely has to make the shots he takes for sure, Greg. You're right. He's got to be more effective in that fourth quarter. But he's really focusing right now and trying to play the right way. And the right way in Monty's system is to shoot or pass. Uh, I did see a checkmark tweet yesterday, uh, although I didn't follow it up myself. So it could be completely wrong. But I saw a checkmark tweet that uh, Devin Booker is one of the league leaders in assistable passes. Like most, mm-hmm. he has a higher percentage of his actual his, his passes being assistable than most any player in the league. And so they they mean something when he when he does pass the ball. He does set guys up. He's really great at driving and kicking out to the three point line over his shoulder, like Steph Curry made uh, real popular a few years ago. It's just the Suns are missing. Um, Darius Sarge was 0 for 5 on threes. Sarge was, uh, don't let the Sarge hate consume you, please. Sarge was really fun to watch defensively and with the little things and all that. Uh, Friday night, he just couldn't make his shots again. And so people are going to say he had a bad game. But uh, the only thing that was bad for him was his shot. Uh, so Booker and Booker, when Rubio went out, Booker had to be the point guard because Tyler Johnson is not a point guard. So, um Booker did struggle. You're right, Greg, but he's not necessarily his killer instinct is not to score is to not score 50 points anymore. It's to get other guys uh, into scoring opportunities and have the team win. Uh, But you're right. He could have when he saw that those guys weren't making those shots and that the Suns were suddenly getting down. I mean, that in the middle of that 21, 21 to four run, he could have decided to start scoring himself to make sure the, the ball went in the hoop. But he didn't, and uh, if we want to blame him, we certainly can, and he deserves it. But at the same time, he was in every play trying to make the right play. It's not It's not blame. I want to see the evolution of his game continue, and I appreciate that, that he's become such a good passer, but at some point you have to realize, okay, my teammates aren't getting it done right now, right? And, and now that means... I have to. It's like, Dave, if you tell me before the show, hey, I'm struggling, I feel like I'm going to lose my voice, and I just keep deferring to you on everything, right? That's just, it's not smart. I'm I'm being a good teammate because I'm trying to give you the opportunity to shine on the show, but if I know that you're having throat problems, it's it's just not the smartest move to make. Uh, And and I think that's kind of, Devin just needs to take that next step where it's like, okay, I've now accepted this system. I can pass. I know when to do it. But I also know if my teammates aren't the ones uh, connecting on shots, I have to be the one to to do it, especially when you're going up against a guy like he who shall not be named uh, in that that Mavericks game who was hitting everything and getting every call. You needed uh, someone to counteract that, and it has to be Devin Booker on this roster right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, unfortunately, there's no guarantee that if you hadn't passed off that you would actually make the, you know, a shot if it was a basketball game. Whereas in podcasting, you <laughs> always swish. Well, no, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I always I always connect. Just look at uh, all the opinions we've been wrong on. But uh, the other thing to your Tyler Johnson point, 
I think it's time to uh, to admit this bench needs help, that it's not exactly uh, set up for success, and that Tyler Johnson's contract may be uh, a way to uh, to get somebody in the doors here, get a few guys in the doors at some point, because I think the most valuable thing about him right now uh, is the fact that his contract uh, it, is worth as much as Robert Sarver sold his house for. You know, he's, well, he's got twenty million, well, uh, a twenty million dollar number. Point two five. It's so funny that the point two five is even in there. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you guys a question then uh, regarding that. So, for one thing, a lot of the contracts in the NBA are just shorter right now, so those expiring deals aren't quite worth as much as they were a couple of years ago. But regardless, um, I digress. You look at the Suns bench and you look at the backup point guards on this bench. One is uh, Ty Jerome coming back at a certain point. They still have Javon Carter. They still have Ellie Kobo. Um, if the Suns were going to trade Tyler Johnson and there were a couple of teams that said we have uh, this position available for trade, we have this position available for trade, uh, what uh, position player should the Suns go after, knowing that they still have those other backup point guards on the list with, again, Ty uh, going to be making his debut at some point. Look, look, the best backup point guard right now on the Suns bench is Steve Blake, and he's wearing a suit because he's an assistant coach, all right? That's the reality of it. So I'm looking at point guard. I'm looking at, at power forward right now because when Aiton comes back, Baines is your backup center. That position's locked in, so you're good there. Uh, you obviously have a, a plethora of small forwards, and, and some of those small forwards can also uh, fill in uh, some of those backup wing minutes. I, I think point guard and power forward is where you're hurting. There's no surprise there, uh, and, and we know that. And if Frank Kaminsky, uh, R.I.P. Kaminsky Cove, uh, 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 I still own my timeshare, but it's, it's getting, uh, getting frustrating uh, every day I'm sitting there, much like Bender Island. But you, you look at that, and if Kaminsky can't find any kind of, of groove, uh, you're going to have to try to figure out an additional big man. Now, Diallo has played great when, when he's gotten the minutes as of late, and I give him, him credit for that, but you can't count on him to shoot 85% the rest of the rest of the way he's just not going to be be that guy and i'd like more of a, a sure thing potentially but it's certainly you need a true point guard and i think it's way too much pressure to put on ty jerome to expect him to come in in his rookie season uh and play at a level that's going to help you uh you know stem the tide when uh when ricky rubio is on the bench so i think you need to look at that for sure Okay, so that so that being said, uh, let's say the Suns say uh, Team X, we're going to trade you our backup point guard, who is clearly underperforming, for your better backup point guard. Um, how oh. how does that? What what makes the other team want to do that? Just look, so they don't have that better backup point guard for an extra year? Well, look, you're gonna have to <laughs> you're gonna have to take something in terms of uh in terms of money and, and you're going to have to figure out a team that that is probably on the border of wanting to tank and looking and going okay well having this guy uh, whatever position you're looking at having this guy for multiple years at a high t- ticket value uh, isn't going to get us uh to where we want to go we need to change course and change what we're doing right you know 
uh, that's that's what it's going to come down to, and then you're going to have to sweeten it. You're going to have to put a young guy in there, depending on who you're going after. Yeah, you're have that's to put the a big draft thing, pick, man. You know? What team, like to Tim's question, what team is going to give up a more confident backup, competent backup point guard than the Suns currently have? Well, only a team that are going to get a, an inconsistent rookie of some sort from the Suns. And do you really want to? sacrifice uh cap space and future to get like uh, i mean this guy is not available but it's a comp um uh, cory joseph for example is a backup point guard in sacramento who has been able to step in and take over with the aaron fox being out and they've totally changed their style of play but they've been successful because he can play defense and he can and he can run a team a little bit do you want someone like that and sacrifice Ty Jerome for him? No, I wouldn't. And so sacrifice now you don't Ty have Jerome. better future. No, um, or Mikael Bridges. I mean, you got to throw something in. So is it? Yeah, is you'd it have to throw something it? in. Is it worth it to get a a or Cam uh, Johnson? Are you ready to trade right. Cam Johnson? It depends on who the guy is, and it depends like it. It depends on where you view this team too. If right. if I sit here and look at a way a lot of the fans look at it, and they think this is a a quote-unquote playoff team then uh then i'm making moves with trying to and if this is the way james jones thinks i'm making moves that that try to benefit this team now and over the next handful of years Uh, if i'm still in a patient wait and see mode then of course i'm not giving up a young guy to better this roster this year that's what it just it comes down to i think is the way you view this now if i'm going to go I go fishing, I'm going big. I'm looking for right. a starting caliber power forward, and I'm moving Sarge to backup, and I'm letting Frank know uh, you'll get in if anybody gets injured at, at this point. You're you're my third string guy, and we'll we'll figure it out as we go. I, that's that's what I'm doing if uh, if I'm pushing my chips in the table, and and hey, then you man. do some kind of smaller move to try to get some kind of backup that that may be available at a point guard position. I got to give a shout out to Frank a little bit on Friday. That poor guy, he um, he did make a three, but really he was pretty much a disaster offensively all night long. And he even airballed a free throw <laughs> on his home court, but then missed his second one. And but then he ran in, got his offense, his own offensive rebound, kicked it back out, and the Suns made a three in one of the, in their big run in the third quarter to get them up to help them get up by eight. Um, and that was, that was huge. And so I give props to Frank for, for hustling the guys, um, you know, every day he's hustling. So I really think he does. He tries, I know he tries really hard and he, he doesn't always do well, but I get tired of watching some, uh, sons when they're down, some guys, when they're down, not chase down their own missed shot or not do whatever it takes to get the ball back. And I, I applaud Frank for doing that when he can. He also had a monster rebound, like just after that, I think it was on, uh, uh, the next defensive play where, uh, he just uh, like took the ball basically on that rebound. Yeah. Uh, and it did, it did remind me that there is more than one side of the court. Uh, and we often judge players just because their shot is or isn't falling at the time. Uh, and Frank Kaminsky isn't playing awful on both ends all of the time. 
It, right. Nice that's the thing. Is that sometimes he does play awful on both ends, and, and yes. we call him out for that. But last on Friday night, he played as well as he could because Dallas doesn't have any really fast big guys, so Kaminsky wasn't being blown by a lot, um, and he did fight for some rebounds. But yeah, he was he was still kind of disastrous. The the Kaminsky and Tyler Johnson combo is has been tough to watch lately, and uh, uh, Monty obviously doesn't trust. Um, uh, Javon Carter anymore for some reason. Would have liked to have seen Ellie out there maybe a little bit more on Friday. Ellie Ellie looked like old Ellie again on Friday. I was worried about that. Then he totally bricked a couple of three-point attempts and he, he looked a little frenetic uh, and offense and defense and so I think Monty was just like, look, I need some uh, veteran in there with Tyler and then Tyler did bad. So I we might see more of Ellie, but there you go. This is why this team would be inconsistent because if you play Ellie and Mikel and Cam Johnson, and all of a sudden you are trying to win with your youngest players, which is not a proven formula in the NBA. Well, and they're still the youngest team in the NBA, which which blows my mind when when you hear that stat, but that somehow they still are. Uh, look, we... I think we all got way too high uh, in the uh, with the winning streak. We're probably getting uh, too low during this losing streak. The reality is, at best, this is a 500 team, and we we all said that when when this season before this season, and we all would have been thrilled if, if somebody told us they'd be 41 and 41 uh, at, yeah. at the end of all this. Uh, so I think I think we probably team was got not too built excited. To win playoff series that's right it was built to get to raise the floor and get more competitive so that you can then build from there into a playoff team absolutely um so i think i think the team is obviously uh tantalizing and we want them to win the games and and they get a lot of respect around the league even after friday night's game rick carlisle said the suns are a very good team and they was very proud of his guys for playing as well as they did um, you don't have to say that uh, it wasn't prompted. And so I thought that was good. The Suns do have the respective teams around the league. And you know what? Teams are not coming in, taking a night off anymore either. Um, part of the reason the Suns were successful earlier in the season is teams were not expecting the Suns to be as good as they are. Now, now teams are expecting the Suns to be good and they're given their best shot back. Um, so that's something the Suns will have to adjust to as well. Well, look, saying that they're a 500 team is not a negative. That's not that's not somehow insulting to this. That's actually, I'm excited by this team. I'm just, I hate to be the guy that that has to play the reality check uh, a lot of times. And I and I, this group here very much, uh, very much gets the reality of it. But it's not a negative thing. It's an exciting thing that this team is significantly better than they were. Uh, so as someone pointed out, the Suns do play the Hornets and the Magic coming up. I'm actually going to be at the Magic game. I'm pretty excited about that. But, uh, so a couple winnable games there. Uh, Espo, you want to do your Dunkey Award? I want to, I want to say one thing about that, about the Magic and then, yeah, we can do, do the Dunkey. So, uh. Gordon would be nice to have. No. How do the Orlando Magic have a better black and orange uniform than the Phoenix Suns? That's the most confusing. Yeah, have you seen their city ORL uniform? It's black, it's orange, and then they have a nice court to go with it. 
And uh, and the Suns, they have a better black and orange uniform than the Phoenix Suns, a team that has no well, black and or orange Greg, in their who's the, got the better team. Now, come on. No, I care um, about uniforms as much <laughs> as I care about teams. Yeah. Of the Suns' next eight opponents, the Suns have eight games left before DeAndre Ayton comes back from his Master Urination Tour. Um, he uh, the, the Suns have eight games, and only one of those is against a team with a winning record currently. Um, so... I think the Suns have a good chance of getting back on a good road again before Aiden gets back. Uh, they they do need to settle in some more. Uh, Aaron Baines has said they need to obviously they need to play better defense, and he's ready to help them do that. And Ricky Rubio has clearly shown that the offense is better when Rubio is out there. So I do think that the Suns will get back on and have a winning record after these next eight games. Um, that's that's my call. All right, so so we're ready for the Donkey Award. Is that, uh, is that we're going? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's At, do it. To remind everybody, the Donkey is in honor of one Nate Duncan, who won our. We used to call this the uh, Hater of the Week, but uh, after Nate Duncan blew up Sun's Twitter and blocked everybody, we named it in, in honor of him. This week's Donkey is from back in uh, 2018. I'm just going to read this, and then uh, we can discuss it. Says I was on the Luca train for a while, but the more I see, the less I think it makes long-term sense, and that Aiden's versatility and size just make more sense. Oh, this moron, is that, is that you? Th- th- yeah, this uh, this moron does not understand. <laughs> oh, this the reality is Gambo, is it? He, he also <laughs> asks if you draft Luca, are you dealing Josh Jackson? Because he seems to play uh, be um, a playmaking small forward. Yeah, I'm a moron. Let's just uh, make that clear. And oh, is this you? This is me from you 2018. Dunked yourself. I dunked myself. Look, I'm I am not afraid to admit that I was wrong and I say stupid crap on uh, on the Twitter well, that's sometimes. Not, that's, you know? that's not that's not a hater of the week though. That's it just is. a terrible take in, in hindsight. No, I was I was hating on Luca. Uh, he who shall not be named. I, I was hating on him and uh, and I was wrong. So look I'm willing to make fun of but, myself too. Were, were you more wrong about Luca or more wrong about Josh Jackson? I was more wrong about everything I said in that tweet than anything I've ever been wrong about. I think <laughs> the point is uh, there's a lot of hatred on Sun's Twitter as of late. A lot of weird crap going really? on, and I'm at least willing. I haven't noticed. I thought unlike, everybody loves each other. Unlike, uh, just look. I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong, and I'm willing to make fun of myself, and that. Uh, Look at here. Is more yes. is more than uh, than deserving of being made fun of. All right, so uh, so I win the donkey of the week, and I will I will uh, hold on to that until next week when we can pass it off to somebody who uh, who who hates on on something in in the Suns world. But uh, yeah, there were there were too many options this week, and I I had to go with uh, with somebody uh, near and dear to to our hearts here and and give him crap. So yeah. Yeah, I win it this week. I'm, 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 uh, I'll keep that thought to myself, actually. Uh, hey, you <laughs> that was want... about how I felt when looking at some of the hater tweets this week and just decided I'm going to keep it in, to, in the family. at this point, respond with the slam dunk award where you you were so prophetic and perfect and, and spot on last year, and we all should you know, give up our, our throne as, as prognosticators. I'm, I'm sorry, I just I don't want to talk about uh a player anymore than we need to uh than we have that's not on the roster anymore uh unless we happen to be playing the team it's worth 
pointing out, like I said, Tim Hardaway Jr. played absolutely fucking excellent. Uh, but as long as we aren't playing against Tim Hardaway Jr. every single week, I don't feel the need to keep talking about him over and over and over again. I also don't need to get on Twitter and shake my dick around and say, hey, look, everybody, I was right about the one player. We've had the discussions on the show. He's not on the Suns. So let's get over it. And DeAndre Ayton comes back. I think that that Paul over at Fanning the Flames, uh, Fanning the Flames had a really great tweet that he sent out. I think it was last night where he said that it's just basically right now, not only is is Luca playing extremely well, but DeAndre Ayton has been uh, suspended for basically the entire season. And uh, we don't know whether or not he's taken that leap and we don't know how good he is, but oh. I do think it's time for us as fans to just get behind yeah. our guy who is DeAndre Ayton. I Hold put on a that second. on bright side as well um, this morning uh, with Paul's permission as a, as a, as a story. And of course the first comments were Luca is awesome. We should have drafted Luca. Hold on a second. You give me a colonoscopy on Wednesday's uh, episode, Tim, about basically saying the same thing as Paul saying, and then you you applaud him for Paul for used better it out. English though. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. And by the way, that award that, that you were suggesting, Dave, should be called the Basketball Hipster, and you win it, Tim. <laughs> Basketball <laughs> Hipster Award. That is. Hey, you guys want to play a game? I came up with last night when I was drinking some beers. I thought it would be fun. Oh sure, let's oh, let's play a game. play a game. Do All this. right. So this is. I'm going to ask you guys if you think that there should be more or less of this individual player moving forward in games. Okay. So we're going to go with. Uh, Bottom to top, right? Let the players that are playing the least amount of minutes. All right. All right. So we'll uh, go back and forth. We'll start one with Greg. Then we'll go to Dave. Then we'll start one with Dave. And then we'll go to Greg. All right. Now look at this. Uh, producing on the fly. I love it. That is right. So we'll start this off with Jared Harper. Averaging two minutes per game. Espo, more or less of Jared Harper. Who the hell is Jared Harper is my first question. I'm just kidding. Uh, less... <laughs> if I, if you just jettison him to, the two to, minutes in, in can you jettison him to Prescott Valley? I think that'd be, game. Uh, yeah, less, <laughs> less than two minutes less. in 18 games. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, the same every right. two minutes, every 18 games is good. It, no, that's good. If it's more something catastrophically wrong has occurred, or so. or if it's more something catastrophically catastrophically right has gone because he's just playing garbage time out there, right? Uh, and the garbage time, hopefully, in the Suns' favor. Uh, Shaq Diallo, ten minutes per game, starting this off with you, Dave. Uh, Shaq Diallo. Now, um, I think Shaq has looked really, really good over the past week. He's kind of a wild card. He's another dude. If you, that's the thing is the Suns are starting to play the young guys more uh, because of injuries and the older guys a little bit less. And then you get a lot more inconsistent play and you end up with losses. Um, I don't. I, I like seeing individual plays from Shaq. I don't like the total result um, on the team because he's not always in the right place at the right time. So I would say uh, same or less. Uh, right. give, give me more because I simply would love uh, more puns on his name, uh, Shaq, uh, because it rhymes. It sounds like Shaq. So, uh, you know, honestly, if Frank Kaminsky keeps playing the way he is, I, I want to see more 
uh, of Sheck because uh, at least until Leighton comes back, because at least they're productive minutes on the on the offensive end. I can forgive a guy for not always being in the right place if he's grabbing rebounds and he's scoring. Uh, I'm all right with that. So if Frank's struggles continue, uh, I want to see more at least until DeAndre Ayton's back in the fold. Shaq Diallo actually leads the team in um, offensive rating at like 140. Obviously, it's a small sample size. but um, All right, so Greg, Elliot Kobo, 11 minutes game. Uh, I think that's about right. Uh, I'm not fully bought into this. The new Elliot Kobo, uh, I think he's going to be streaky, and, and I think at his age, his skill set as a young guy, I think it's about the, the right amount of minutes to, to keep in there, especially with Ty Jerome coming back. Somebody's going to have to lose minutes. Uh, we'll get to Tyler Johnson, but I think uh, Ellie's probably right about where he needs to be. Yeah, I think that's about right. Uh, this is a theme that I'm going with today is that the more you play the group of young guys, the less consistent your effort and your outcomes and your productivity will be. Even if your effort is is always there, what they do with that effort is completely unpredictable. And uh, that's why that's part of the reason the Suns are losing games. So I, I don't want to see Elio Kobo any more than we have. I probably end up will wanting we'll be wanting to see him a little bit less uh, than we have in the past week because we can't really trust what we're seeing. All right, Dave, starting this off with you. Uh, Cam Johnson, 19.2 minutes. You know, I actually, he is to me, uh, because he's older than dirt, um, he's almost as old as I am, I think, at, at 52. Is he somewhere around there as a rookie? Yeah, I can't about remember. Right, Dave. Yeah, it feels about that. Poor Cam. Uh, even though he has a baby face, and my girlfriend calls him a little baby face guy, um, baby boy Johnson, she calls him. But that's just he because he's been looking at your time. face so long. That's Everybody true. looks young. So. That's a really good point. Uh, thank you for pointing that out. I appreciate welcome, that. Dave. Old man. Um, so, yeah. So, Cam Johnson is the exception, I think. Now, he is going to be a super, really inconsistent. But... Um, his effort's going to be there, and the and the thing is that he puts himself in the right spots. He had some really good plays even on Friday night against the Mavs. He wasn't making a shot as well, and the Suns weren't finding him for catch-and-shoot threes like they need to. Uh, and I think uh, that just will happen sometimes, but he was he is a good player that will end up playing more and more minutes as the year goes on. I struggle with this one because it, it likely means that Mikael Bridges is playing fewer minutes, and I, I, I don't want to see that guy's growth stunted. Uh, uh, and that's that's the problem when you draft uh, guys in in back-to-back years that play similar positions or same position. You wind up creating a, a log jam for yourself, especially when you decide to make your big free agent signing a guy that plays plays the same position as well and. Uh, uh, in Kelly Oubre Jr. So I struggle on this. I, I'd love to see more of Cam because I love watching his shot, but if it comes at the expense of, of Mikhail getting getting his minutes, I'm torn. So I don't have a great answer for this <clears throat> one. Um, oh, yeah, is... I wasn't saying, I wasn't suggesting 35 minutes a game. I, I was just suggesting game. a few more, and I think the three of them can share, plus um, sliding over to power. I think what's nice is that Cam's developing his feel for sliding into a power forward role for a few minutes a game, whereas Kelly um, 
is hot and cold there, and Mikkel does not feel really comfortable in a four role. Um, Monty said before the game, or actually maybe it was after, I don't know, recently said about Cam Johnson that what he really likes about Cam is that Cam will ask questions about his role as the four sometimes in lineups and as the three and where's he, where he's supposed to be and all that. And so Monty really likes the fact that Cam is embracing the concept of each of these roles so he can at least be in the right spot. He's still skinny and he's a little bit stiff. Um, uh, but he certainly has uh, has the uh, mental capacity and the length, the height, to be able to place him for. And that's really good um, because I'd rather see him than, than Frank sometimes. All right, Greg. Mikhail Bridges at 19.8 minutes per game. I'd like to see slightly more. Uh, he's got to earn it. But uh, I think if this team is to become what Suns fans want it to, they need him to evolve into that that three and D guy, that that stopper, that that they need, uh, and we've seen flashes of it uh, of it this year, and so I'd like to see it slightly more, but I'd, I'd like to see him earn that that the, those additional minutes. Yeah, I want to see him earn it too. I made a joke with um, I think it was a common creeper on Twitter, and a, a commenter on on Brightside as well. He said, um, "I I'm predicting at the beginning of the game. I'm predicting Mikel makes a three tonight. Like that was a big hot take." <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Well, I don't know. It's already the second quarter. Uh, he might not have time for this windup." Uh, so, <laughs> and then with to which common creeper replied hey we got a 15 minute halftime he can start then <laughs> and he did make one at the end of the fourth quarter he, he did get it under the buzzer um i want i want to see mikhail more minutes too i want aggressive mikhail but i also want effective mikhail um and he he can be that he, he's not quite even playing as well as he did a year ago but then again a year ago he was kind of on unfettered minutes like a lot of guys I'd like to see him play within this system and get more and more comfortable. And I think he will. He's along the lines of a Cam Johnson where he's going to be in the right place at the right time. He's just not comfortable uh, sliding into the four position at this point. So he's got to be at the two or three. And then that, that means you you're, you're either playing ahead of Booker or you're playing ahead of Kelly or you're playing ahead of Cam or somebody else out there in Tyler Johnson. Uh, so he's, he's in more of a log jam. I want to see him end up playing more minutes because I think if he is playing more minutes, he's more impactful. Did it, there was a I don't remember which game it was, it was one of the games this week where he drove the lane and, and attempted a dunk that was was insane. He, he tried to posterize a guy, and it was just the kind of aggressiveness that that I want to see from him. He didn't complete the dunk. I believe there was a foul on the play, but he went up from like. Yeah. way beyond the uh way beyond the charge circle and and almost threw it down because he's got those freakishly long long arms <laughs> and and when he when he decides to be aggressive like that uh, he's he's an imposing force he had there was a there was a loose ball on friday night that um it was uh there was several players but dallas and phoenix who all could have gotten to it and then were closer and then all of a sudden inspector gadget threw out that right arm and dove for the ball and he got to the ball first i couldn't believe how long mikkel's reach was i think it's in a lot of ways mikkel doesn't understand how long his reach is either because even on those big wide dunks 
it's almost like he overdoes uh, the reach to the rim and misses. <laughs> yeah, like so, he's surprised that, oh, whoa, I actually. I got all yeah, the way to the rim. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he can tie his shoes while standing straight up. That's how crazily long those are, those arms are. Yeah, Without bending over, he could tie his shoes. It's, uh, <laughs> I, I, but, yeah, I want to see that aggressiveness from him. I, I think I think he could very much be like a, a young Dan Marley where, uh, where he got that Thunder nickname because he was so aggressive going to the rim. He could he could get those dunks uh, on guys and poster guys, but uh, and then he can can hit that three as well when that uh, when he when he connects on that. And defensively, he's uh, he's got all the potential in the world. So I would love to see more minutes from him uh, because that means he's earned them, and and we need that out of him. Uh, yeah, right, Dave, Mikkel, Dave, I want, Dave, I'm sorry, Dave. let me just, can I finish really quick one more yep. comment on Mikel? Sure, yes, go, 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 by all means. I'm a huge fan of Mikel, but he does need to earn those minutes, and the only, I don't think it's, um, I want to talk about the difference between um, uh, giving him the minutes and then him proving he is capable versus him earning the minutes. When I said he's more impactful with more minutes, I don't mean you just hand him more minutes right now. I mean he's got to play better and earn those. I don't want to just say, Mikel's better, so let's give him 30 a night. No, um, he's, got to, he's got to earn those. That's all. I just want to clarify that. I, I'm not trying to say give him more minutes and he's better. He's, he has to prove it. All right, Tyler Johnson, 20 minutes a game. Is it me? Yeah, yep. it's you. All right, ah, uh, God dang it. I love Tyler, um, I, and he will, he will laugh if, as he's watching this because he watches all these things. I'm sure he does. Um, and as he will laugh at me when I point this out, but it just happens to be one of those things that happened. Um, his last positive impact in the game, as far as the scoreboard anyway, was that Atlanta game where he came in and he helped uh, uh, when Booker got his fourth foul in the third quarter and, and Tyler came in and helped the Suns build the lead that they kept for good. And then I commented, um, how did it feel to come in there and spell Devin when he got in foul trouble? And and Tyler said, and Tyler used his girly voice and said, oh, no, Devin Booker's not in foul trouble. Oh, no, I've got to play. And he's like, I'm not, uh, you know, I've been around this league. I've been in playoff games. I've played important minutes, and this is just a regular season game. Let's not overblow um, the impact that, that just a regular season game has. And this is when the Suns are riding high at seven and four. And so he kind of made fun of my question of, of was, you know, was the team scared when Devin Booker got in foul trouble? And then he hasn't had a positive impact game since. So I'd like so to see Tyler fault. actually. So it's my fault. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see Tyler actually have a positive impact on a game. Um, he is to his, in his defense, he's been given weird minutes um, where it's, he's got to make a three coming right off the bench. And then he's got to make some really impactful plays in in very short amount of time, he can't just go with the flow of the game. So in his defense, he's in a weird spot right now uh, as far as his role on the team. I'd like to see him play like Tyler Johnson of last year, Tyler Johnson of his career. I'd like to see that. And if that's the case, he should get more minutes. But we're talking about a lot of people needing more minutes here. I'd like to see slightly less, but uh, until they have Ty Jerome or somebody play backup point guard and he can focus on being more of that backup shooting guard and not have to handle uh, point guard duties. What I wonder with Ty, uh, Tyler Johnson is 
if he were making five million a year, like he probably should be, and didn't have this uh, albatross of a contract, would we judge him differently? I feel like the fact that he makes nineteen point two five million is uh, you got to get in the two five, as Dave mentioned, uh, is part of why we view him uh, in such a lens. Like uh, he's not he's not worthy of that kind of number, Miami overpaid obviously and and the Suns inherited that but overall he has a positive impact on the players obviously he's a locker room guy and he's a streaky he's streaky on the court which is what you kind of expect from from backup guys in, in most cases so I'd like to see him play maybe slight less or the same but as backup shooting guard, not as backup point Absolutely, guard. and I shouldn't give mixed messages. I think he's got to, um, by saying he should get more minutes, he's got to earn the minutes. He's got to play better in his small time and to earn those extra minutes. I think he should be playing better right now, and he should deserve more minutes, but right now he doesn't. Right now he's, he's having a negative impact, and he's got to fix that. Uh, Greg, Frank Kaminsky, of whom you do own a timeshare, uh, 23 minutes a game. I think Frank should come grab a drink and sit in the cove with me and watch the games. I think that's about where we're at right now. Uh, he's another guy that's been forced to play, uh, and even more so than, than Tyler Johnson, forced to play out of position. He's a backup power forward who has had to play center. I'd like to see once Aiton's back uh, and things kind of normalize how he plays, because I think that may be impacting some of this. Uh, but right now, he, he deserves fewer minutes, and, and those minutes should be going to, to uh, Diallo at this point in my mind. And I have no problem admitting that. Sure, I stand for uh, uh, for Frank Kaminsky at, at certain times. I will not sell my, uh, my timeshare. Actually, I'm a landowner in Kaminsky Cove. Everybody else is, is a timeshare uh, owner, but I, I'm not willing to sell that land, but I'm also not willing to be somebody that uh, simply stands on principle and, and shouts for a guy because I, I stood up for him at one point. I'm willing to admit Frank Kaminsky deserves less minutes right now. <clears throat> yeah, I think um, if you if you turn Frank's contributions in a game into a uh, podcaster, as Greg was trying to do earlier on uh, finishing and, you know, and not handing the ball off, all that, I think Frank would be a stutterer right now on a podcast and someone who's, who's, whose points don't get made and you want so badly for his points to be good and they just aren't. I think that's, that's Frank right now in podcasting world. I think um, Frank's I think he, in his own head. I think that's the problem here. Well, that's it. He can't get into his, he can't get out of his head and into a, into a coherent speech pattern um, going with my analogy. And so you just, you want to see less of him. You, we need to see less of Frank. You know what? The fact that we're so excited about Sheck Diallo, guess what? There's a better version of Sheck Diallo. He's eight games away. Um, yeah, and I think people are going to be, Oh, stop. <laughs> uh, the contributions he's going to be able to make, uh, Deandre Aiden is going to be able to make is going to be a breath of fresh air for this team. Um, obviously his attitude, um, Deandre's attitude is going to be very important, but, uh, the play he has, has on the court has always been a helpful, um, to a team winning. Uh, they just didn't have enough horses last year. So I'm looking forward to a better Sheck Diallo taking Frank's minutes away. So are you saying Deandre Aiden should play more minutes? 
Yeah, we haven't gotten that question yet. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> uh, Aaron Bain starting this off with uh, you, I believe, Dave, at 24 minutes a game. Is that just, uh, can everybody just agree? Yes, we would love to see more Aaron Baines. Yeah, I was talking to Amin El Hassan uh, from ESPN last night. He sat next to me up in the media row and he asked me, who's the, be- who's the second best player in the Suns right now? And I hesitated for a while because I was watching Ricky Rubio just dominate when he was out there. Rubio was a plus 17. He had 21 points, nine assists. He was really impactful when he was out there. And I took a little while because I wanted to say Baines, but man, you cannot have Aaron Baines playing more than 24 minutes or he gets himself hurt. He's shown it. Um, Yes, I would love to see a 30-minute version of Aaron Baines every night. Absolutely. But I still think Ricky is the second best player on the team. Um, Amin thinks Baines is the second best player on the team. So should he be given more minutes? Uh, absolutely. Will it it'll result in another injury? Probably. <laughs> I want I want fifty two minutes a night out of Aaron. Baines. I just <laughs> love watching that guy. It just I love I love the screens. I love the hustle. I love the passion. I love the beard. I love it, his smile every single time like a foul is called on anything or any player that gets in his face the way he just like walks up to them and laughs. I'm like, dude, this this guy's a badass. He it just I just want him to like walk around and be my bodyguard. I I wish that Jokic didn't have. He to would make be the and... baddest ass bodyguard ever. <laughs> I would love Aaron Baines to be my bodyguard. Heck yes. <laughs> Look, I, I would have the perfect life. <laughs> I, would, I, I wish Jokic didn't have the nickname the Joker because I really feel like it fits Aaron Baines. The laughing, the the I, I don't care. I'm just here to be a disruptor kind of attitude. I, I just I love what Aaron Baines brings. I love the fact that he pisses off Nate Duncan. The fact that he has a uh, an obscure uh, minor league baseball hat fetish like I do. I just everything about Aaron Baines I, I, I enjoy. So if we could get more out of him, I, I would. love Love it. And what's funny is he's like a six ten hipster. I mean, he's got the he's got the <laughs> beard and the and the gelled hair and and uh, the way he dresses after games is totally hipster. He's like your basketball hipster, Greg. Hey, if all basketball hipsters were like Aaron Baines, I'd be all in on it. So. <laughs> no uh, offense, Dario, Dario Sharic, uh, twenty seven, almost twenty eight minutes a game, Greg. <laughs> We're in the basketball hipster uh, portion of this uh, mm-hmm. this podcast. I, I, you know what? A lot of people are are negative about Dario. I, I like Dario. I probably give him slightly more minutes. I'd split what Frank's playing by playing Dar- Dario a little bit more, giving Diallo some of those minutes. Uh, he Dar- Sarge, even if he's not hitting his threes, rebounds, plays smart defense, can pass uh, pass the ball. I like what Dario does. So I, I'm a fan and, yeah. uh, and he's got fun hair, which is always a, always a plus. Yeah. We're Sarge lovers. I think, uh, between me and Greg, I love what Sarge brings to the game too. It would be great if he'd always make every other three and be a 50% three point shooter because he's got the, all the shots, but, um, the contributions he makes, I'd love him to be a little bit quicker with his feet. Sure. Absolutely. I'd love him to be more vertical. So you can block some shots. Absolutely. But he does everything he possibly can with the athletic ability he's been given. And I just absolutely love that. Um, So definitely at 27, 28 minutes a night is ideal. Um, Any more than that, and he gets, he's going to get a little tired. He's going to get a little exposed less than that. You're not using the best you can. So uh, for sure, I like, I like his contributions and I think he's going to fit in real well next to the master urinator when he comes back. 
He's one of the few players on this team where I look at and I think, I like it. Right where it is. Uh, Ricky Rubio, starting this off with you, Dave. Uh, 30.6 minutes per game. Ricky Rubio. Uh, Well, I I already said I think he's the second best player on the team. Uh, I if, if you could play him 48 minutes, I would take it because uh, there really is this. He, we haven't seen this since 2012, I guess, uh, before Steve Nash was traded, where the team looks completely different with and without the starting point guard. Um, I love what Rubio brings to this team. And the fact that he makes a few threes is really helpful as well. Um, but even when he's not making his shots, the dude does all the right things at the right time. Uh, I would I would play Ricky 48 minutes a night if I could. Yeah, I, I agree. And I don't think there's any debate that that Ricky's the second best player on this team. I think, and no offense to Amin, but I think he's kidding himself when he thinks Aaron Baines uh, is the second best player. Maybe second most impactful. Okay, I can maybe buy that argument. But if we're talking uh, just pure talent and, uh, and the way he plays, Ricky Rubio is the be- second best player on this team. I'd love to see... Uh, him out there every minute he can obviously it's un unrealistic to expect him to play all game but he's that good he's that creative of a passer uh, and the drop off once he leaves the court is so vast now that may become less uh less noticeable when ty jerome uh starts to play and that's a lot of pressure on a rookie but he he is more of that mold than any other point guard that they have on the roster but man ricky does uh does some impressive things uh, outside of getting a little too irritated uh, last night about getting uh, elbowed in the head. But other than that, he does some uh, pretty damn impressive things out on that court and such is such a creative pastor uh, and, and really is the engine that drives this offense. All right, Greg, Kelly Oubre, the uh, second leading player in terms of minutes per game, if you do not count the one game that DeAndre Ayton played. Uh, 31 minutes a night. Kelly Ray, what do you think? I'm I'm in an unpopular group here. I think Kelly should probably play slightly less. Should probably be giving more minutes to, to Mikel or, or a Cam or somebody there. I know that's not popular. Kelly scores uh, an immense amount, but sometimes... Uh, I'm just not overly impressed with with Kelly. He is he is what he is. He's going to score <coughs> score a lot, but I I'm not I'm not the biggest Kelly Oubre guy. I don't know. I love what he does for the locker room, uh, but I don't know. I just I just don't fully buy in, and I think uh, <coughs> the fact that he has the second most minutes. Uh, uh, is it speaks more to the fact that they don't, especially when Rubio's out, have a good second offensive option other than Devin Booker uh, than anything. Yeah, uh, as far as Kelly Oubre is concerned, I love his contributions on the court when he's focused and in. But, uh, you know, kind of Friday or Friday night against Dallas was a little bit of a microcosm of Kelly Oubre's season. He had a season high makes in threes with four. He made two consecutive threes to bring the game back to 50-50 at, uh, by halftime, or right before halftime. Um, but but then, he gets into, and then he gets into his own head. He stops following. The, he thinks he's going to make every shot. And he kind of tails off a little bit. Uh, he, he missed a couple of 
shots after those two threes to tie it um, that the, that helped the Suns be down at halftime. And he has some hit and miss moments uh, in the third quarter, in the fourth quarter that, that really didn't help the Suns when they needed help. So gosh, yeah, I think Kelly is more of a 28, 27, 26, 25 minute a game guy uh, for this team right now, because I really like the potential contributions of Cam and Mikel in those minutes. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you guys, except for um, the Monty does use Kelly a lot. So it's not an all bench lineup out there. And I do think there's a, a lot of value in that because those all bench lineups are just not. Yeah, he is uh, aggressive. That's really helpful that Kelly is always aggressive, even if it's just to find his own shot. A lot of those second unit guys are not as aggressive as they need to be. And so that does that does. Um, uh, show you the Suns do need his contributions the way he the way he gives them for sure i just wish we could cut out what we're really saying here is we just wish we could cut out three or four of kelly's bad minutes we don't want to cut out his good minutes we want to cut out his bad minutes if we <laughs> if could only we could do that, that i would do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he could probably pass the ball a little bit more well too. and and that point tim that that you make speaks more to the construction of the bench and, and the fact that uh, their performance has fallen off a cliff over the last week and a half, two weeks, th- than anything. It's not. It, that's not a. That's not necessarily a positive for Kelly Oubre. It's just simply, well, we know this guy will be aggressive and, and try to score, uh, and the rest of the bench doesn't show that they can do that right now. So, okay, yeah, he, it's a necessary evil is basically what we're saying right now. It w- it w- it'll be nice when uh when Aiton's back. I think we all agree on that. It's, it's, it's every, that every, every every game that goes on, I'm like this episode. It'll be nice when Aiden's back. I, I mean, at the very beginning, uh, you know, I was like, all right, well, whatever. This is what it is. I'm really enjoying Aaron Baines. We're winning. Uh, the injuries start to pile up. You start to see some issues with uh, the bench, and it just it's becoming more and more clear how nice it'll be uh, to have Aiden back. But this does bring us to the last Suns player. Uh, you guys can probably guess who this is: Devin Booker, 35 minutes tonight. Who, by the way is still a member of the 50 40 90 club shooting uh 95 from the free throw line 54 percent from two point and uh 42 thereabouts from three-point land it's easy to keep those percentages up when you keep passing your teammates so. oh man i'm just kidding oh. i'm just uh. kidding uh am i starting this one tim is this, is sure i forget did, but yeah yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> he's another guy. If you could play him uh, every minute in a game, you would. He's the best player you have on your roster. He's the best guy uh, on the court for your team at, at any point. So you want him out there uh, as much as possible. So if physical uh, fatigue wasn't a thing, I would play him every minute uh, in a game and, and get everything I could out of him. I don't think I think that's a no-brainer. And, and by the way. When DeAndre Ayton comes back, a little side tangent, I think the Suns need to celebrate it by serving lemonade in a specimen cup at the concession stands uh, just as a welcome back, DeAndre. So, uh, <laughs> With a screw-on cap. Yeah, exactly. Just go all out. <laughs> just make fun of the situation. You have fun with it. 
Oh, but you got to serve it warm, uh, though. You can't serve it cold. So, oh god, apple cider. <laughs> yeah. It's winter. Warm time. apple cider. I like it. We've we've come up with Suns marketing warm apple cider in a specimen cup with a screw on lid for DeAndre's first game back. Happy holidays, yeah, the, everybody! And it could be like those girls at at the bars, you know. So it could uh, just walking around with free samples, right? Yep. Little little free samples. <laughs> everyone's got it down. Yep. Exactly. Oh man, that's a great way to end this. Um, so I, yeah, if you could play Devin Booker 48 minutes with no drop off in, in productivity, no loss of, of, uh, energy for sure. So you got Ricky, you've got Devin and Aaron Baines. If he had actually no loss of, and, and he could cut his foul rate a, in half because yeah, there's no way Aaron fouls. Baines could play 48 minutes just simply because he would foul out every game. Um, but if he could somehow not get fouls called on him, I would love to see him 48 minutes and not get hurt by all the charges in and contact he, he makes. I mean, it's not just charges. The guy sets heavy screens uh, and uh, he <laughs> all over the court, all over the court. Seven. 7.6 personal fouls per 100 possessions for for Aaron right. Baines. That is but, that is impressive. Right. But look, now, you wouldn't you change get you those guys out there. That'd be great. And you wouldn't change his aggressiveness though because that's what makes him makes him special. I mean, I so I I get what you're I get what you're saying. I get that that seems like a, a large amount per 100 possessions. Just, it, 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 it is. It is. It to the reps like so they call less fouls and it works out perfect. I, I wonder what I wonder what Mark West's fouls per 100 possession was. He had to be up in that uh, 7 7 and a half range there for his career because he was a he was a guy that it always felt like he got called for a foul even if he was just breathing. So uh Oh man, Mark West, I got a quickie on him. Uh he was uh, he, we crossed paths in the uh, no, I didn't get a quickie with him. Um, but <laughs> he got <laughs> we thumbed earlier, path, and now he we crossed paths courtside last night. And I was trying to push through to get to the post game interview, and all of a sudden, Mark West was coming the other direction. Usually, I can kind of like work my way past people or through people or whatever because I'm not the smallest guy. Um, but Mark stood there, and all of a sudden, I felt a shadow and eclipse uh, of the of the of all the arena lights. And I looked up, and I'm like, "Okay, here, uh, let me step back." And he got Take called your for time, a foul. Mark. Get past. He could. He, it would have been considered a foul, and and one of the security guys was just cracking up. He's like, "Yeah, I see you pushing through." Then all of a sudden, Mark West comes and you back right off. <laughs> I'm like, "Yep," because that dude knows how to lay a pick. <laughs> the funny thing is, he's one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. I love Mark. So, uh, sorry for the tangent, but it reminds me of very much of of how uh, Aaron Baines uh, <laughs> draws fouls. Yes. gets called Aaron for Aaron Baines so. is our Mark West. I think that's a very good way to put it. Mark West with a three-point shot. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been Aaron a hell of a Baines, player, actually. Uh, leads, and again, players that actually like play, uh, leads the team in difference between offensive rating and defensive rating. Offensive rating, uh, when he's on the court, 130. Defensive rating, 110. That is uh, by far the best of anybody on the team. He also leads the team in VORP uh, at point six, as well as box plus minus at 6.1. Uh, the second player and box plus minus uh is devin booker at 1.1 just to give you the 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 uh, difference there and how impactful aaron baines has really been this season. And, and now that we've put everybody to sleep with uh with advanced metrics tim you can take us home now i mean if you that's like calling algebra advanced but on that note uh, well, algebra guys, puts me to sleep too yeah <laughs> boring that's like calling long division advanced <laughs> boring you know 
on that note, so thank you everybody so much for listening to the podcast version. Uh, Do we have any for... questions unanswered in the in the YouTube chat at all? Anybody actually know. watching today? I've been I've been doing this thing. You got to get out of here in like five minutes. You said you had a heart out. No, I do have a heart. <laughs> are, are we are we now out. are we now giving Tim a hard time for closing the show? Even though I told him he could close the show. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, I realize you're closing Part the show, closing but the hold show on. is wrapping up all the all the YouTube comments. Can, can we can we prepare for this show in the future so we actually know when we're gonna end this thing? I no, am it's looking much through... easier just to judge others without any preparation or, or forethought. Thank you very much. Look, I, I'm going through this. Uh, it looks like we covered pretty much everything that uh, that people brought up, except for the, hey, sign Amari comment, which, you know, sure, if we, <laughs> we, let's sign Amari. So. Uh, and by the way, happy birthday again, Greg, uh, turning 36 today. I hope it's a wonderful birthday. Um, yeah. Happy birthday to, to you. Things. Happy early birthday to you going as well, on Tim. Hey, well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be here, so um, you know, you guys are gonna be doing Wednesday without me. But thank you. Wait, your birthday's coming up? It's Wednesday. Yeah, did I miss Wednesday. that? I am uh, going down. 42? Thirty-seven. I am going down <laughs> to Orlando to see the Suns play uh, the Magic. So. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I remember you mentioning yes. that. So happy birthday to you. I really hope that's a win. Uh, God, I hope that's a win. Uh, I really need to <laughs> I hope it's a win for everybody's sake. Hey, bring oh, yeah. bring uh, Aaron Gordon uh, back with you, if you would, please. I sure, I sure <laughs> will. I'll, I'll, I'll let him know that uh, a few Suns fans out there want to sign him. <laughs>